Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. You're really setting the women's rights movement back quite a bit. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, you know, it's all uh, I don't need no man society. Mm-hmm. And in the two years we have worked together, I have never missed. I've never been late to a segment. I've never missed a segment. Uh, and I went through kind of the same thing with Mock before mm-hmm. this, where you women yeah. are all, I am woman, hear me roar, until there's a hint of a thought you might have to carry seven seconds on your own on this show. And you, I come in the studio, and I'm here like a minute before the thing. I know the clock, Casey. I've been here eight years now. Where I've got did the- you go? You just walk out and disappear. I don't ask you where you go in your free time. (laughs) I have to keep track of you. I mean, it is like, it is like, she is like pounding the table. That's not even true. I simply, I I I simply said, you guys are so, you're exaggerating so much. All I said was, where did he go? The same place I always go during breaks. Do I? And I don't know sounded, where that is. You sounded way more concerned than that. I, I it was, was like it was like I could hear like the sense of abandonment in your voice. Yeah, right. He does. He just gets up and walks out all the time. Yeah, and I'm always back, and I'm always on top. And you've seen our ratings; they're great. Different people perform better under different circumstances, mm-hmm. and I need to. Casey, I have, I have very. I, this is one of my immense talents that I have mm-hmm. is that the less thought I put into something, <laughs> the, the better, better I do when it is time to actually perform. Mm-hmm. And so usually, mm-hmm. and we I'm not letting anything out of the bag. We've talked about this before. Uh, as soon as the segment's over, I kind of know I'll ask you, I'll say, hey, what are we doing next segment? So you give me an idea. Mm-hmm. And then I just go mosey around the hall for a while. So what you're saying pretty much is that I'm driving the bus. You are. but And you're one of the passengers. Yeah. And all I want to know is where did my passenger oh, go? Yeah. Like, well, here's. He jumped off the bus. Here's what <laughs> it brings me immense joy. And this is part of why I've, I've started walking back around the lobby again. On, on the fourth floor here, they play the radio station. Mm-hmm. And they've done that for a very long time. So you can monitor, hey, are we on the air? Did Kevin make a mistake? Are we, sure. you know, the station no longer playing? So I always know if the station's on the air or not. But once our, our friends from the fan, because mm-hmm. now we share a floor with the fan, yeah. came down here, they started playing the fan yeah. full-time on the floor. And I think some people went to them and they're like, wait a second. We love the fan, mm-hmm. but let's be honest. Mm-hmm. WIBC is the golden goose. It's been here 85 years. It's the most powerful media outlet in the entire state of Indiana. It, the, some of those legendary names in Indiana radio have been on here. Um, we love the fan, but something's got to kind of change here. So what they've started doing, and I just told our boss, Matt Hiblin, this is the greatest thing in the history of ever, and you will listen for this later today. They now play our show mm-hmm. until it's over, 
And then the moment our show is over, yeah. they flip it over to the fan, to the fan, <laughs> so that people are not subjected to Tony Katz for three hours. Oh, people, no. they say, wait a second, we've already subjected these people to three hours of Tony. We might be charged with a hate crime or sent to Guantanamo Bay or something. We don't need the second airing. And, and so now today at noon, you're going to be feverishly listening for that flip over. I hadn't noticed that, but now <laughs> I'm going to pay attention Todd, to that. Todd Meyer, who's uh, the what is he, the executive producer over the fan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was telling Matt and Todd Walter. And it goes, Rob, that seems very petty of you. Because I told him, I said, I can't tell you the joy that brings me. He goes, Rob, that seems very petty of you. I said, hello, I'm Rob Kendall. Have, Have we met? Have we met? <laughs> Do you know anything about me? Okay, let's get to some uh, voicemails. 317-684-8444. That is the phone number. We're going to go on uh, polar opposites today. We've got an always Trumper and a never Trumper. We're going to start with the always Trumper first. He's got some thoughts on Ron DeSantis. And the question to ask him, if this was a two-way conversation, would be, but why is Trump so good? Hey, Rob, it's your uh, always Trump. Hi, Casey. I know you're the one that reviews the voicemails. Um, <laughs> I'm listening, and I'm, and you're making a good point. I, I mean, I have nothing against DeSantis other than he should have deferred to Trump and he'd be set up for the next eight years. But you, you always gloss over the fact that he's backed by the bushes. He's got a bunch of people, ones that you hate and stabbed us in the back and betrayed us and stabbed Trump in the back. Bushes and the Roves and all of those people back there. Yeah, that's wrong. He shouldn't have done that. And uh, that's his fault. To say that he governed Florida well, yes, he did. Well, he came in on the coattails of Rick Scott. He wasn't following behind uh, Barack Obama with a mess. He was following a well-oiled machine with many of the mechanisms and key people in places of importance that weren't trying to stab him in the back, that already had his vision for the way the state should be run and legislatively and everything else. They were already locked in and loaded and ready to go. DeSantis benefited from that um, enormously. Trump had none of that. He had the whole establishment and every – he had Paul Ryan and the whole Congress fighting against him. So he didn't necessarily stab Trump in the back. He just thought he could win. Well, that, that's, based on his experience as governor of Florida. And I don't remember what word that guy used, and he's kind of my frenemy mm-hmm. that uh, he calls quite a bit. He likes to argue with oh, you. Oh, it's fine. Um, we love all our listeners. They all count to my bonus exactly the same. Um, <laughs> the, he, I don't, deference, I'd have deferred. I don't know if that was the word he used, but that's basically, that's insane. If you think you're the best person to lead the country, you shouldn't defer to anyone. If Donald Trump clearly thinks he's the best person to run the country, he shouldn't have deferred to Ron DeSantis. This is America. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, my goodness. And Ron DeSantis had a great record to run on. And look, as we started the show with, the Republican Party base is clearly saying that, that what happened in 2020 is a big enough deal. And I'm not even saying they're wrong because what happened in 2020 was horrific and no reasonable person looks at what happened. I mean, we've talked about before how my great friend Ben Stein said, you know, and who's an economist, said it's statistically impossible for what happened to to have happened. And people want to get revenge for that. That's great. That's It's not unreasonable to think that. And we've heard that from many people and I get it. I just happened to have voted for the person who I believe would govern the, or would have. Obviously, it ain't going to matter by the time it gets to us. But talked about and supported the person that I believe, based on their actual record of governance, would have governed the country the best. And 
it is very weird how the DeSantis people, now there are some never Trump people who are DeSantis people, but the average DeSantis person, you say that to them and they can kind of accept that and move on. The Trump people, there there is no, I recognize, and that's a very kind of, it's a scary thing mm-hmm. for many, many people to not recognize the dude is not infallible, and he made a lot of flaws, and you don't have to excuse every one of them. It's okay to say, because this is how government gets better. When we excuse, and this is why the Republicans behave the way they do, because no matter what they do, people are so afraid of the Democrats, they excuse the Republican Party. People are so, we hear it all the time. Well, yeah, Holcomb, horrible, but we can't have a Democrat in there. Right. Well, what's the difference? They're it's, both spending the same. The difference is the Republicans are going to lie to you about it. Exactly. Everything that guy just said was an excuse when he would acknowledge Trump's shortcomings. Yeah, but no. As Terry Truman famously said, the buck stops here. Mm-hmm. You wanted the job. If you didn't want to take it's like taking over a sports team. The Colts stunk last year. Shane Steichen comes in, lost his number one draft pick quarterback. Did he complain about it? No. They had a, a good season, didn't make the playoffs, but went nine and eight, and that's a heck of a lot better than whatever it was, four and or three and whatever it was the year before. That's what leaders do. And with Trump, it's either degradation of the opponent or it's an excuse for why something didn't go his way. We have got to be able to be critical of our elected officials, regardless of party or who they are, because that's how we hold them accountable and that's how we make them better. Okay, so um, another phone call. This guy calls a lot and rarely gets on the air. Oh. But today's his lucky day. Oh, how exciting. And I'm guessing that he's a never Trumper and he wants to talk about numbers in regards to Trump. Okay, I've been waiting for you guys to extol the landslide victory of Donald Trump in the Iowa caucuses. Didn't have to wait long. Let's break down the numbers. A little less than one half of the qualified voters even bothered to show up. So Trump is a favorite of one half of one half or one quarter of Republicans in Iowa. Nikki Haley got almost 20% of the rest or one-eighth of them. National and New Hampshire polls show that about three-quarters of Haley's voters are what Republicans and MAGA Republicans, who are not the same as real Republicans, call never-Trumpers and would rather vote for President Biden over Trump or just stay home in November. So it doesn't look as good for Trump as you guys and the rest of the right-wing media would have us believe. Thank you. Goodbye. If you know that man, (laughs) you find him and you hug him. Mm-hmm. And you find out what happened to him and you tell him as you're hugging him that everything is going to be OK, because as bad as the first call is with the excuses, the Trump derangement syndrome stuff is just it is beyond comprehension for me. Like Trump did some good things as president. Trump pre-COVID was a pretty good president. Now, you know my opinion on the stuff he did during COVID, Mm -hmm. but I'm a rational, normal human being who can separate these things and say the the tax reform that made us, our corporations competitive with other corporations around the world, great idea. Uh, Trade deals that really had America kind of humming again, great idea. The energy independence, phenomenal idea. Trying to secure the Southern border, at least he tried. 
the the best thing he did was the foreign policy stuff. America's never been pe more peaceful and prosperous post World War II than it was under Donald Trump's. So all of those things, mm -hmm. I can, as you and everyone else should be able to, say the COVID stuff highly egregious, and we need to figure out how that's not ever going to happen again, and we need to figure out what Trump's checks and balances are going to be to ensure that doesn't happen again, but also acknowledge that if we can get the first couple of years of Trump pre-COVID, that's good pretty stuff. good stuff. But what about the trillions of dollars of spending? It, 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 absolutely. It, but again, if we're going to do that on Trump, which we should, then we have to talk about how people in Indiana overwhelmingly elected a guy, Spendingberg, Todd Young, whatever we want to call him today. I sometimes forget we have new people who pop in. Mm -hmm. uh, Todd Young, we have dubbed him the Duke of Spendingburg on this program because he is the highest spending Republican in the United States Senate. Spendingburg, with no hesitation whatsoever, before he moved aggressively towards me at the Stacks Pancake House with the armed Hendricks County Sheriff's deputy behind him, told me, I'm not sorry for any of this spending I've done, and if you reelect me, I'm never stopping. And he was true to his word. That guy was overwhelmingly reelected. So if we're going to hold Trump accountable, then we have to, in Indiana, have to look in the mirror and hold ourselves accountable because we keep putting the people in who keep spending all the money. So Joe Biden is uh, already using it as an opportunity to fundraise. As soon as it was projected that Trump was going to win Iowa, he tweeted out, looks like Donald Trump just won Iowa. He's the clear front runner on the other side at this point. But here's the thing. This election was always going to be you and me versus extreme MAGA Republicans. It was true yesterday and it'll be true Don't tomorrow. you love that Biden's all like, hey, it's you and me, Palski. Right. We're in this together. We're in this together. <laughs> it's us against the world.